Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. If you like this show, then step into Heather Dubrow's world every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One. Heather's talking to some fabulous guests like Queer Eyes, Caramel Brown, actress and singer Kristen Chenoweth, and so many more you don't want to miss a second of it. Check it out. Heather Dubrow's world at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. And also remember to rate and review. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org. It's Collider Jedi Council. We have details on the Solo Blu-ray, and it's happening now, Comic-Con, and the 10-year anniversary of the Clone Wars. And what is going to happen after Episode 9? We're breaking it down. That's right. It's Collider Jedi Council, and it's a big panel here. This is a big panel right now. I got Mark Fernandez. I got Dennis Zen. Mark Sidious. That has been determined to be the name on Jedi Council. I am, of course, Mark Yodi Riley. Yodi, of course, being my Star Wars handle. Dennis, then, what are we going to call you? This is, is this your first time on Jedi Council? Yeah, this is my first time. Are you Holy serious? Crap. Yeah, yeah. First Everybody? time? Yeah, I, I, All right, dude. Yeah. High five. I we like got that. The first appearance by Dennis Zen, the Zen master. So what can we do? Mark Sidious, Yodi, what are we going to come up with for Dennis as his handle oh, for man. Jedi Council? Dennis Zen. I was you thinking know. about this off-air while I was doing notes, and I couldn't come up with anything. I'm sorry. I guess I'm not that creative <laughs> today. Dennis, I want you to think about it and email us, Slack us, tweet us, and we'll get it over to Darth Dennis Harlow. Dennis Jade? Dennis Jade. <laughs> <laughs> like Mara Jade? Dennis Jade? Right. All right. It's something know, look, with Zen in it. I don't know. Yeah. Zen enforcer. Uh, like, 
Zen, Jedi Knight Dennis. I don't know. God. Hey, everybody, drop in some comments right now and name Dennis so when he comes back on Jedi Council, we can talk about Star Wars and have his handle all there. But, guys, thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. Look, first of all, I can't believe this is your first Jedi Council. So yeah, I'm actually really, I'm really happy to be on it with you, dude. Yeah. So. You know, we did the Sith uh, special edition. Right. Right? Always two there are. <laughs> That's right. We yeah. did the, when the news broke. That there was uh, uh, the hold on the standalones. We did a great Jedi Council episode, which is on the podcast feed right now if you want to go check it out. That was one of my favorite, actual, my favorite Star Wars conversations. Yeah, it was fun. In it was a fun. Long I, time. I, look, I love talking Star Wars. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars freak. Yeah, you, know? you are. And um, I love talking Star Wars, so I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, and Dennis, uh, let me start here because this, guys, this is going to be a very light Jedi Council. There's, a lot, there's not much news out there. We were, we were kind of talking about it, we were looking at it. The Jedi, the the ten year Clone Wars anniversary is happening right now. Now there is some rumors that some news could break, so I do have Twitter open. I do have my Slack open. If anything breaks, we're going to talk about it. But this is more of a celebration of Star Wars, mm. a conversation. We are going to get into some news. But Dennis, let's start there. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? I Empire just Strikes Back. There That's it is. Definitely number one. I, I rewatched. That's mine. I rewatched all the original trilogy, you know, before you know Force Awakens came out. And, oh yeah, and yeah, Empire Strikes Back. That, that's mine. That's my favorite all time. And I know yours, Mark Sidious. Yeah. it is Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I, I um, Revenge of the Sith was actually the first Star Wars premiere I ever went to. Oh, um, nice. My okay. good friend Mark Echo, um, as a gift, got me a, a pass to go with him. Right on. And um, I remember um, it was really cool. I remember I also got, like, I sat in the very, very first row. Okay. You know, uh, instead of, the like, now when they theater? send this. Like, like this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Because, like, now when they send us to the premieres, they sit us all the way in the back. Yeah. But back in those days, they sat you all the way in the front. Oh, okay. Um, and, um I remember watching Revenge of the Sith for the first time and, like, not, to be honest, not really loving uh, Phantom Menace and clones that much. Okay. Um, But watching Revenge of the Sith and um, saying, man, this was the one I was waiting for. Yeah. And I look, of course, it's got its problems, but everything in the world has its problems. Sure. Um, But for me, Revenge of the Sith is the one that's the most rewatchable. It's the one that... Um, is kind of like if you look at one uh, through six as like a sort of like a continuous storyline. Um, you know, when you write a screenplay, you have your beginning, your end, mm-hmm. right? And everything kind of mirrors each other. But in the middle, you have your turning point, right? In the, in the middle, you have like your apex, right? It's the right. one thing that stands on its own. And for me, in George Lucas's tale of um, of Star Wars, it's Revenge of the Sith is that apex. So. For me, I was pretty satisfied with it. I yeah. mean, of course, which is ironic because I didn't get the scene that I wanted the most, which, which was seeing Darth Vader destroy the Jedi and seeing Darth Vader hunt down the Jedi. Yeah, we, I mean, we kind of got a version of that with Anakin that was Darth Vader at the moment, right? Yeah, I mean, but, look, but not the Vader that we know, right? Oh, man, like, the, I, just in, in chills, I just got chills thinking about it because it's one of the most I- I- iconic scenes in Star Wars is seeing uh, Anakin Skywalker as the newly minted Darth Vader mm-hmm. walking onto the Jedi Temple yeah. with, the, with the clone troopers behind them. And, you know, like to quote Michael Scott, when I was there watching it in the theater, I was like, this is going to be somebody. You know, like yeah. I-, I was like, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. And then, like, I was like, ah! Yeah! <laughs> Master Skywalker! And that, you know, that's all you really get, you know? But, yeah. 
But that's, that's all you really got. Aside from that huge disappointment, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. I, I love the balance we have. The Force is in balance today on the panel. Yours What's is that? Last Jedi? My favorite Star Wars movie? Yeah. No, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Last Jedi, though, is up there. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I love me some Last Jedi. I've been watching it a lot lately on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I've been putting it on a lot. See, I'm in the middle between you two guys. Like, you you don't like it. You don't care for it. Yeah. You, I you love, love it. it. I'm in the middle. I enjoyed it, but, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I didn't end up buying the Blu-ray yeah, or look, thing. Oh, I think yeah. it's safe to say we're all into the OG trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then I, there's prequels versus the sequels. I like the prequels. You guys like the sequels. Yeah. I like the sequels more, together, but I, yeah. I appreciate the prequels. I have become a prequelist. I love the story. I love. Well, the story I, is great. The story is great. If you look at it on paper now, it's the execution that I, I think a lot of us had the problems with. Um, but, yeah, it kind of puts us here on the panel now for Jedi Council, which is a celebration of Star Wars, yes. which is what I love. I love to talk Star Wars. Good or bad, and I and I got into it with some of my family when we were recently dealing with, you know, some um, you know some some family stuff, and we sit there and we talk about Star Wars, and it, it goes into there, and that's what I love. So why don't we kick off there? This is Star Wars movie news. We're gonna go right into movie news. Everything that's happening in the world of Star Wars with movie news. There's the anchor C3PO. What are we calling him again? I can't remember what we're calling. I love his little metal mustache. I hope we see that in. And it's canon. I hope we see it soon. But we're going to start with, uh, you know, not a lot of news is broken, but we did get details on Solo, a Star Wars story, the Blu-ray. It is going to drop, uh, let's see, a Star Wars available in digital movies everywhere and 4K ultra high definition September 14th on Blu-ray. It'll be September 25th. So here's what we have. We have Solo. The director and cast roundtables. We have Team Chewie. We see what it takes to bring your favorite Wookiee to life. We have Kasdan on Kasdan. Iconic Star Wars screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan and his son Jonathan share what it's like to write the movie. Remaking the Millennium Falcon. Escape from Corellia. What the behind the scenes of the opening that we got in Solo. The train heist. We're going to look into that. Becoming the droid. L337. Meet the newest droid. Scoundrels, droids, creatures, and cards. Welcome to Fort Yipso. That's an in-depth tour of the Rough and Tumble Bar. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this. And Into the Malastrum, the Kessel Run. These are all some of the special features, along with deleted scenes, which we'll get to. Uh, and the Millennium Falcon. This is the interesting part, guys, that I want to throw to you. This is uh, an exclusive look at the history of the most famous ship in the galaxy and how it's going to tie into the Disneyland theme park. Mm. Because they're gonna make, you're going to be able to fly the Millennium Falcon. Exactly. Now... Have you guys looked into any of the, these uh, special features for Solo? I dare to ask, is anybody going to be buying this so, Solo Blu-ray? Mark Sidious. So, Cody, um, when this thing comes out, can you put, just put a bunch of Zs right here? <laughs> right here. Just a bunch of Zs. Um, look, I, I, uh, going into this movie, I was actually pretty excited about it because uh, Ron Howard, I thought, was one of the few apprentices that george lucas had right uh, yeah you know, we talked about this a little bit directing yeah. willow um so and there's this great like little this is like a deep cut but um when um the phantom menace came out and there was all that backlash about mm -hmm. jake lloyd um ron howard wrote this very very powerful letter to rolling stone oh yeah um like really calling them out 
on their incredibly hostile words against Jake Lloyd and like all the stuff that that kind of fueled. So he, you know, like I, I saw that he had a respect for Lucas, a respect for the legacy, which, you know, in my opinion, I didn't see a ton of in Last Jedi. I saw a ton of it in Force Awakens. I didn't see as much of it in Last Jedi, okay. which I think turned off myself and some other fans. Um, but I thought, look, uh, a guy like Ron Howard is going to go the other way, right? He's going to mm-hmm. respect the legacy, respect the vibe. But ultimately, I just think he didn't have the script to do it, you know? And when you're making a movie, if you don't got the script, you don't got anything. Yeah. Right? And um, it starts with the script. Yeah, it, it starts with does. the script. So, like, look, um, I saw the movie once. I have had no need to go watch it again. That being said, when this DVD Blu-ray thing comes out, I'm buying it day one. And like, I don't really buy nice. the DVDs anymore. I, I yeah. mean, I usually get it like get you it do like the on, download. Code yeah, and... I get it on Vudu or whatever it is that I'm using these days. Yeah. And you know, I like the idea of the UHD, and you know, I'll I'll go and put it up on the projector and give it one more watch because there are scenes in it that I enjoyed, but you know, overall, like, um, you know, this this Han Solo movie is a little bit like the kind of straw that sent Yoda back to Dagobah, you know? <laughs> put him in hiding. Yeah, I put him in and, hiding. And uh, all of the Star Wars spinoffs have gone to Dagobah to recalculate, to become one with the Force, to figure out what's going on next. Yeah, that was a report that uh, Frosty, our own Frosty Reintraub, uh dropped. Dennis, how about you? What was your thoughts on Solo briefly, and then are you going to buy this? And what are you looking forward to out of some of these special features? Okay, so for Solo, I you know I enjoyed myself enough, but mm. it, I don't think I'll be buying it. I just I don't have any interest in it. I didn't buy The Last Jedi, even though I enjoyed it as well. I did buy Force Awakens. Okay, uh, maybe someday when there's like some ultimate pack of like all the Star Wars together, maybe I'll buy it, and that's how I'll get it. Yeah, I may watch Solo one more time just to to see if I feel any differently about it. My thing is I, I usually buy Blu-rays so I can watch the special features, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem with this one is the best story about the behind-the-scenes you're never going to see. That's a great point. Yeah, so a great that point. is so true. That's what we all want to know about, right? Yes. The Gordon Miller stuff. Why did they get thrown off? How did Ron Howard change it from that version? That's the one I'm dying to see, but we're never going to see that version. So... Uh- the behind-the-scenes stuff is all going to be kind of fluff stuff. That's a that, great yeah. point. It, it is. That is a great point. That That is probably deserving of a documentary. For sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, and I go off of the great documentary, The Director and the Jedi, that came with The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the filmmaking process. I love seeing behind-the-scenes stuff. It would have been fascinating, but you're right, Dennis. We're never going to see that. Why? Because that is a black eye yes. when it comes to the Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy and what went down there i mean yeah. it, it it got ugly it's what i think ultimately for me why solo didn't land with me it felt like two different movies could, it, could, could i ask you a question on that please um what do you think would be the one biggest difference between what we ended up with and what lord and miller were trying to do like if oh you can God. if you could define the delta of separation between what could have been and what we got what do you think it would would have been that's a good question i think maybe maybe a little bit i i i I don't know i don't know if i have that answer because i can't when you look at lord and miller's previous work starting with cloudy with a chance of meatballs and then going to lego movie (laughs) and then going to 21 jump street and 21 22 jump street 
where is there a Star Wars movie in there? Yeah. So the only thing that I go off of, and these, and I don't know about these rumors that we got, where it was like Ace Ventura, you know, Pet Detective, <laughs> Han Solo, right? Remember we heard that where there yes. was a lot of improv on the scene and on the set. And that's where Lawrence Kazan – this is so the story goes. That's where Lawrence Kazan went, mm. listen, no, you're not even looking at my script. This is a script that I believe in, and it's Lawrence Kazan. The guy wrote Empire. He wrote Raiders. He wrote Return of the Jedi and so on and so forth. So that, that is such a fascinating question. I think maybe if they would have stayed on, we've had, we would have had a little bit more improv, and I wonder where that would have gone. So I would say that there's a lot of humorous moments in Solo, but I wouldn't put – humor above the action and the character in this i would for the lord and miller cut it would have been humor over everything else that's where i think we would have seen a lot more fun e not fun necessarily but funny but what a great question dennis i don't know what you could parse from from fernandez yeah i think the tone would be probably a little more different it would be much more comedic and and also the pacing of 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 Lord and Miller's movies, if you watch like Lego Movie or any of the twenty one, twenty two Jump Street, it's it's a much faster pace, right? It's always yeah. kind of there were like slower parts in Solo, so I feel like they would have kind of cut down with that. And you know, you're talking about the improvisation, like that. I think would lend itself. I don't know. Maybe it makes it less of a Star Wars movie because maybe the dialogue they're having is less. You know, within the context of the universe, right? But maybe it would have been more fun. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell with a production like this and all the problems that went on. We might not ever know unless there could be something like years later. Did you guys ever read the Jaws log? It was a great um, uh, Gottlieb who wrote the script for Jaws took notes on set and then created the Jaws log, and it's a great behind-the-scenes look, which. It, can you imagine Jaws being made today and hearing about the shark not working and the, like the social media would be going nuts? Right, and that's a good point. Universal yeah, yeah. would be going yeah. like this: this project is yeah. dead. This yeah. this this book that everybody loves it's going to be it's going to be a train wreck. And then that movie comes out and it's you know and it redefines so, the blockbuster. That would have been great to get a like a a solo log. Yeah, like what's going on behind the scenes? Is it Kasdan that's writing it? Is it John? I don't yeah. think we'll ever. I feel, look, I feel no. the same way about Force Awakens, and um, the you know we talked about this too, right? What, what, what would have been the differences between the Michael Arndt, George Lucas version, right. and what we ended up with with JJ and um, and Kasdan? But I'm going to drop a little bit of opinionalism, right? To quote the great Colin Cowherd. No, oh, I like a it. little drip of a, a little drip, a little piece of opinionalism about this. So I actually know one thing that's pretty well sourced, um, and uh, it's you know for the Han Solo heads out there, they might get a kick out of this, but. And I have this from a very good source. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a very good source. But it is an opinion, opinionalism, whatever. Okay. Is that um, when you watch the movie at the very beginning of the film or in the first act somewhere, there's a scene where Han Solo is um, confronting some, like, underworld baddie Mm -hmm. that's like the slithering snake or something Mm -hmm. that's, like, inside some, like, water thing. Isn't it Lady Proxima? Yeah. Lady Proxima. Yeah, the big... Sensitive thingy. to light or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is already out there and I'm kind of being redundant here. But in the Lord and Miller version, that was actually the finale scene wow. where uh, Han Solo sort of um, has like this like great Han Solo moment where he takes out the grenade. And instead of detonating the grenade, he's like, no, I'm not trying to detonate this. I'm trying to do this with it. Throws it, breaks the window. The light rushes in and all hell ensues was actually the grand finale of the Lord and Miller uh, That was film. really? Yeah. And it's I have so, that from a very good source. 
So they would have stayed on Corellia the whole time, or is it so? Like, like I'm not sure off? what okay. what else in that mess of a screenplay would have been different. Interesting. But I do know from very good source from people inside the production that that was actually part of the final set piece. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Because right I, now I can't even remember what the final set piece was. Well, it's Emphis Except Nest. Except for Lando dipping on them. Yeah, Emphis uh, Nest. Spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> coming in, basically <laughs> revealing themselves to be working for or starting to work with the Rebellion. And how, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, why can't I remember his name right now? Vision. He plays Vision. What are you helping? Oh, you're no, no, no. About, uh, Paul Bettany. Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Schmodown, everybody. Schmodown. <laughs> Here's your two-time champ right here, forgetting names. Paul Bettany's character, uh, you know, he, it's the double cross there with Kira, and then we're getting yeah. the, um, you know, that little cameo at the end. If you haven't seen Solo, we're going to try to yeah. not spoil it. And like, look, maybe, um, you know, maybe a lot of you didn't see Spoil. Yeah, a lot of you didn't see it. A lot of you didn't it, see it's it. It's really, that's, that's yeah. really it. So, look, And this is a very important thing for the, for the audience to understand, is that ultimately, Ultimately, uh, the audience votes where the trajectory of a lot of these franchises go. Yeah. You know, and when you vote against something like Solo, um, it's going to have repercussions. Yeah. It's all one symbiotic thing, you know, like, you know, I hate to use this analogy, but, you know, your dollars, like you are who you are. Think of your dollars as the midichlorians. Very true. And you did vote with your dollars or lack thereof because didn't make a lot, barely hit $500 million, uh, worldwide. I don't know what the final numbers are. I'm interested to see what the Blu-ray will do sales-wise if, if uh, maybe behind the scenes Disney goes, well, we made a little bit back. But that remains to be seen. I think we talked enough about Solo. I want to get into the meat of this episode, and then also we're going to do a lot of Twitter and Facebook questions because, my God, you guys are awesome. I put the call to you. You gave us some great questions. It's going to be really fun getting to them. But there was an interesting story that I found because it made me think. And it's, uh, it came from a fan side of the dorksideoftheforce.com. <laughs> great name. I love this. Thank you for this great article. Um, Star Wars, like it or not, episode 10 might – or sorry, episode 9 might not be the last of the Skywalker series. Now, this is just an editorial. This is just an opinion. But it got me thinking because when you look at what happened with Solo – and you look at then all the news that broke off of Frosty's scoop where they're putting uh, the, the standalones on hold. We didn't say canceled. We said on hold. And they're reevaluating it, whether that's the Boba Fett Mangold movie, whether that's the Obi-Wan movie that we – I think all of us here would love to see, um, whether that's – we don't know anything about the Benioff and Weiss, what that is. Mm-hmm. And we don't know about Ryan Johnson's proposed trilogy. Personally, I don't think Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to happen. I'm with you 100%. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's because of the backlash of The Last Jedi, and I think that they want to move in a different direction with that. Benioff and Weiss, TBD. But if we take the standalones out of it, right now there is nothing dated after Episode Nine. Could we see Disney going back and getting an episode 10, 11, and 12, and continuing the Skywalker saga, and that's their Star Wars future. Could you see that happening, Mark Fernandez? Um, so, look, if you follow the vision that George Lucas had for the saga films, right, or the numbered films, right, then you have to take his word at face value where he said the saga films are about the Skywalkers. Right, it's the story of the Skywalkers. So I believe that if you're going to make these uh, 
saga films or the ones that have the numbers on them, episode X through Y, um, you're going to have to make them about the Skywalker. I think if you want to go outside the box, that's when you can go outside the box. Going outside the box with Star Wars means you don't have to tell a Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. Staying inside the box with Star Wars means that you have to bring a resolution, a conclusion to the Skywalker saga, right? Like, right. to me, if you were to create, like, f- five years from now, a compendium of all of the Star Wars movies, you can call it Star, War- Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's really what the whole thing was supposed to be about. Um, I think that episode seven... Um, veered away from that a little bit or was trying to push it. And that's why, for me, my number one Star Wars wish is that I could somehow go into the vault over at Disney mm-hmm. and read the Episode Seven script from George Lucas and Michael Arndt. Yeah. Because I guarantee you that there is... Um, breaking news. Oh, oh, oh. Yep. Wait a minute. Breaking news. Bam, 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 I, I was, Christian has just texted us. I was from... waiting for this. I was okay. waiting for Fernandez. And yeah. yes, we yeah, have wait a minute. will make you very happy. Yeah, because I am a huge Clone Wars guy. I've seen all six seasons multiple times. I love Clone Wars. What's the news? Okay, Let's stop folks. that little, like, little We're thing. We're going to stop yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. We're going to go right into breaking <laughs> news right now, coming right. out of Comic-Con. Right. I think, uh, wait a minute. So Christian Harloff... Yeah, just we got sent us something. we got Darth Harloff. Uh, Darth Harloff just sent us something. Clone Wars saved. Yes, uh, I guess it's going to be a new Clone Wars uh, a series. Oh wow! I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to to reveal it as uh, the Clone Wars is going to get a continuation. We're getting wow. more Clone Wars. The Clone Wars it was announced. At the 10-year anniversary. Well, Anakin is back, huh? I, I'm looking into it right now. It looks like it's the, – the hashtag is Clone Wars Saved. So it, mean, it, it must mean Clone Wars is going to continue. We're going to get another season, which would mean that we're going to get more on Ahsoka, where she went, um, possibly, maybe, because I know she was kind of wrapped up in Rebels. Wow. Uh, I – my mind is going crazy oh, right now. I don't know what to say. This is seriously. This is like a birthday look, gift for you. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've had a very tough week here at Collider, and of course, you know, yeah. it is what it is, and and we all are internalizing that in our own way. This is great news. Clone Wars is back. That means that lightsabers are back. I mean, you know, like lightsabers are back. Yeah. Clone Wars is back. Um, and in the like, if you guys haven't seen this, you should Google it. Uh, Ken Napsok and Jeremy Johns, remember when they did that very first uh, Movie Guys? Yeah, yes. Uh, and uh, was it called Movie Guys? No, uh, no, Movie Fans. Movie Fans. Movie Fans. <laughs> <laughs> movie Fans, and their first one was about the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace trailer and, reaction. And yeah. my favorite line in that is when they say, George Lucas is back. You know? <laughs> um, but That's yes, Clone Wars is back. I'm very excited about right. that. Thank you, Harloff. Here, here are some details coming in from Thad. Thank you very much, Thad. Um, there, they showed a clip of a hologram of Ahsoka saying, Hello, Master. It's been a while, and it's to Obi-Wan and Anakin. There are no details on a release date or wow. the platform. Wow. So we are getting a continuation. I'm actually sitting here getting more and more excited talking about it because Clone Wars became one of those series. Yeah. When it delved into the dark side and where Yoda went Absolutely. to Dagobah and, and had a, a meeting with Darth Bane, which and was the, voiced by Mark yeah. Hamill. And the Wills. And the Wills. Yeah. And yes, there is so much to explore. 
it looks like Lucasfilm really listened to the fans because, yeah, we did kind of we didn't see those finished episodes. We didn't get more of like Darth Maul. We got a Sons of Dathomir comic that kind of took place with Darth Maul. Because we, we they they were unmade, they were unfinished, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I've always heard that when uh, comedy, I'm sorry, when Cartoon Network canceled mm. the Clone Wars, that Filoni had like three more seasons planned out. Yeah, and then Netflix picked up um, the sixth season. Yeah. yeah, and that's why you can still watch it on Netflix. Netflix picked up the sixth season. Right. Um, and uh, kind of released some of those and then episodes. Disney bought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's here's the thing. Um, it's going to be on the Disney streaming service. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be on the Disney streaming service. We're looking at 2019. That's next year. Oh, I think man. that makes perfect sense. We Thanks. also are going to have a Resistance uh, animated series that's going to take place before Force Awakens. So that's going to be another one that's probably on the streaming service. I'm imagining. I'm yeah, imagining. No, it makes perfect sense. Why I bring back – you're going to bring back this, this series. What are you going to do? You throw it on, on uh, the, uh, the Disney, Disney XD or no. whatever or – you're not going back with Netflix. You're starting yeah. on stream service. People, like I'm sure yourself, you're I, I, sold, I, I, right? You're sold already. My brain's going. Just to throw a little historical analogy to this, yeah. right? Because I think it's important, is um, in history, we had the Dark Ages, right? Mm. And out of the Dark Ages grew the Renaissance, right? right? And in the Renaissance, the reason the Renaissance was so interesting is because the thinkers of the Renaissance said, wait a minute. We've, we've, we've had a long period of darkness, right, where yeah. our enlightenment levels aren't where they're supposed to be. Let's go back in time and go back to the things that worked, right? So they went back to the Greeks. They went back to the scientific uh, method of the Greeks. They went back to the form of beauty that the Greeks had with the statues. That's why all the Renaissance paintings look like Greek statues. Yeah. This could be a little bit of the first signs of a Renaissance, right, for, for Star, Star Wars? Wars, saying let's go back to what we know has that Star Wars punch to it. Because, yeah. man, i got to be honest with you. I am not excited about this Poe Dameron resistance the show resistance. at all. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like, the, you know, at all. Well, that makes sense coming from uh, Revenge of the Sith favorite movie Star Wars yeah, fan yeah. that, didn't, that, that had the Clone Wars as something that you like as well. I, I myself, I would love to see, and I and I know that uh, Favreau's TV series is going to mine some of the, the elements before Force Awakens, which I am excited about. Yeah. I would love that. Favreau's great. Favreau's great. Dennis, what do you think of the Clone Wars uh, coming back? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I, and there, I didn't finish the series yet. I'm in like season what? three. What? Yeah, I'm in Stop. Season, Kick yeah. him off the show. <laughs> All right. Go we're going to cut right there. Thanks I'm for in, joining us here I'm in at season three. I'm in season three. So I, 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 I had to get Season three? I had to get through some rough episodes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. One and two have some rough times. Yeah. There, there, but there everything that was episodes. about Obi-Wan and Anakin was great in their storyline. Yeah. And it was just like... Like the one-off Jar Jar episodes or sure. them going whatever. Those I didn't really care for. But anything that had to do with the actual Clone Wars themselves and Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. Oh, and, man, you're going to love it. It's yeah, great. Yeah. So, it's great. And, you know, I watch Rebels as well. So I'm excited. I, I Look, I'm still going to watch the Star Wars Resistance one. I think they're they're not doing it in this kind of 3D style. I think they, they're talking about doing that in the anime oh, style. Oh, like, like, like more like cell shaded Yeah. Okay, good so, good. so that means it might be targeted to a younger audience, pro- which probably, is probably a good thing, yeah. I'll still check it out. But yeah, Clone Wars coming back. I, you know, I watched or tried to watch that abysmal movie. So I've never, you know, I've never seen the yeah. movie. How, I've actually, how, I've never seen the movie. Really? I've, I've never seen the movie once. It's, yeah. If you had watched the it's movie, you awful. may never have watched the, the, the <laughs> right. series. Well, well that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. I saw the movie like any red-blooded fan of Star Wars. That movie comes out, and I'm there opening night. Opening night for that oh, piece of shit. Oh, you were there opening shit. night? Yes. 
It was awful. I, I went with, oh, my God, what? This Ahsoka person is yes. annoying. She's sky guy, sky She's guy. A, I it's was like, awful. <laughs> and I walked, and then I heard they were doing the, the series continuation of that, and I'm like, I ain't watching that. Yeah. That, that. That was a movie for kids, which I know that's George Lucas's thing. It's always been for kids, but there was something about it that didn't get me, like, all everything, even the, the prequels. But then I was told, and it was probably Christian Harloff, I was like, no, 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 you need to watch this thing. And I started watching, and I went, wait a minute. This is great. It they did, started yeah. – it, it matured. It got better. Ahsoka became one of the best characters yeah. in the whole series. But, Dennis, some of the stuff there that I mentioned, Darth Bane, Yoda kind of communing with the dark side of the Force, finding Dagobah, the center of where there was some kind of dark side energy, mm-hmm. that's why he went to Dagobah. It, yeah. it is very fascinating how it ties – the mythology ties into the greater Star yeah. Wars yeah. universe. And it was one of the things once Disney had bought Lucasfilm mm-hmm. that they kept as canon. Like yeah, most of all the extended stuff, they're like, no, no, no. no. That's, a, yeah, that's a good and, point. Thank God they did. Clone yeah, Wars. thank God they did. Now I want to go back, Fernandez, to what you said because it it clicked with me where we were talking before this breaking news. Because I think uh, there's there's not much else out there. We know that the Clone Wars is coming back. There's your breaking news. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. The, yeah, the yeah. idea of the Renaissance yeah. of Star Wars, starting the Renaissance. Now, could you? Is that at all possible? Well, look, Coming off of the sequel trilogy, if they were to go episodes 10, 11, and 12? So, so to go back to that, I think that you have to ask yourself a few questions. And I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here. That's uh, what this show is for. <laughs> Let's but, do it. Uh, um, if you think about the utility, right, of what Star Wars meant to George Lucas, is that he must have been smoking a doobie <laughs> in, 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 in San Francisco or something. And obviously he was obsessed by Joseph Campbell, he was obsessed by the concept of, you know, man and his myths and all these things. And if you think about it, myths serve a utility, right? Okay. Myths yeah. are these um, very broad stories that are all very, very similar, that are all intended to create a kind of, like back in the old days when writing uh, was very, um, was a tool that people used, but uh, the publishing wasn't didn't exist, right? If you wanted to write a book or read a book, I'm sorry, you had to go literally get somebody to handwrite you a copy. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. So it was very difficult for uh, these things to permeate through culture were myths because they had these key story beats that are easy to remember yeah. uh, or very easy to, to, to tell you know, verbally, right? So are very easy to relate to and are very easy to communicate with other people. Um, and I think that that's what the original trilogy ultimately has. You're talking the hero of a thousand faces. Yeah, yeah. The hero of a thousand journey. faces, the hero's journey, the hero yeah. of a thousand faces. Love it. Uh, and if you guys don't know much about it, um, you should look it up. It's, it's actually incredible. Joseph Campbell. Yeah, look at that book. Uh, Lucas actually interviewed Joseph Campbell, got in good with that because that, to your point, shaped Luke Skywalker's journey in the first sure. movie. It follows it beat for beat almost. Yeah, yeah beat for beat. And, and like the reason that the hero's journey has these very distinctive beats that you can see again and again and again in storytelling, because it makes it very easy to communicate it to others, right? Mm-hmm. So when George Lucas had this kind of idea, well, wait a minute, I'm going to take the hero's journey, I'm going to mix it with Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon and all of these great sort of sci-fi serials. I'm going to throw in this thing, this lightsaber thing, but I'm going to stick to the to the to this myth that has permeated through time for so long. It created this great utility to it um, that that kind of taught us about overcoming the odds, about how one person 
with the right abilities can do whatever they want, being hopeful, being optimistic, which is one of the main reasons why I think Mark Hamill had such problems with The Last Jedi, is because it was so antithetical to the foundational structure of what Star Wars is built on. It's not built on fucking with the rules. It's built on this mythology of using these tenets of humanity mm. to tell this story that's timeless, right? Right. Um, I love where, that. Where, like, the new movies don't really do that because they don't really care about that because they're not thinking in that way. So I think when it comes to Renaissance, long-winded way of getting back to that, is that when it comes to Renaissance, you have to have some understanding of the foundational structure of what Star Wars was built on, which is built on the idea of mythology, right? It was built on the idea of making sure that the story continues to resonate at a very, very ubiquitous human level. And I think that that's what they need to get back to. And ultimately, what it boils down to is the choice between being a good person and being a bad person. And in the current film, Kylo kind of has that mm-hmm. thing, but yeah, not really, because he has no no men, no good angel, bad angel, right? Well, um, I would say Ray is currently kind of his good yeah, angel. I would totally agree with you, Dennis. I think, yeah, that he's, yeah, the, he, I think I, he's the most interesting character in this new this new trilogy. And only I, and, I totally agree with that. And Ky- Ky- yeah, Kylo and Rey are, are by far the most interesting. Characters. Yeah, and I think that the only way. And again, to 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 kind of comment on what you said, I, I totally agree. I love the hero's journey. I would argue that there is shades of that in the new trilogy, but. To, not to, to illustrate your point, The Last Jedi kind of shook it all up. And that's what I tend to like about it. But I think J.J. has a more of a mythological way that he looks at Star Wars being a fan that maybe we won't know. I think The Last Jedi could land better with fans once we get Episode Nine. Yeah. But again, we don't know that yet. And we don't know, to get to some of the points of this here, if a Skywalker saga could continue because – how many Skywalkers are left? We have Ben Solo, really which is Skywalker one. blood. It's the only one, yeah. right? The yeah. only one. We do not know what's going to happen with Leia. Mm-hmm. You know, we unfortunately we oh, know what happened in real life. Yeah, yeah. But she's still the character is still alive. So where is she going to land in Episode Nine? We don't know. But to continue a Skywalker saga, we need Skywalkers, right? So is Ben Solo going to be redeemed? Is he going to have a love child with Rey? <laughs> We don't know. We don't yeah. know where the Skywalker saga is going to go. Super, Dennis, super Jedi baby. Super yeah. Jedi Look, baby. I think the yeah. super Jedi baby theory, uh, as it's known around the office, <laughs> yeah. is actually a cool theory. I like the super Jedi baby theory That's a, a lot. <laughs> that um, just started. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, um, look, I thought, like probably many of you uh, out there, you know, and, and I know Jeremy Johnson and I talked about this a lot. I know Christian and I talked about this a lot. You and I talked yeah. about this a lot. Is that we all thought Ray was going bad, Kylo was going good, yes. right? Like, like, like we thought that that was what Episode Eight was going to be all about, mm. and I was so excited about that, right? And, and and what we got was like this, like slow chase in space for hours, mm. and Poe Dameron making stupid decisions, <laughs> and big back to space, and Poe Dameron making even dumber decisions, and back to space. <laughs> Um, but in any case, um, there was also that Ray and Kylo stuff. Uh, yeah, know, the Ray Kylo yeah, stuff was there, but there was a lot of this <laughs> as well. Uh, well. But look, um, I think anyway. Back to my original point before this amazing story, which I'm still thinking about, is I think that if you're going to make a Star Wars saga film mm-hmm. or a Star Wars numbered film, episode 
X through Y. Fundamentally, if it's not about the Skywalkers, it's not a saga film. Right. I think that if you're going to expand the universe, go ahead and expand it. But the saga films are about the saga of Luke's... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The saga of the Skywalker bloodline. Exactly. In my opinion. In my Th- opinion. That is my opinion, too. That's why it's a kind of a TBD of, like, we got to see what episode nine is. But, Dennis, I'm going to put this to you now. Disney, um, they're kind of in a pickle, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really feel like they're in a pickle. The, the, the standalones are, they're, again, they're looking at them. They're going to figure out what they're going to do. But... I find it interesting. That's why I jumped on this article is that episode nine is the only dated Star Wars movie. And right now I know they probably have a ton of stuff in development. But now we have the Clone Wars coming back. We have the Resistance. We have the live action series. Uh, Where could you see Disney relying on the Skywalker saga to essentially be the movies we're going to get in theaters over the next, let's say, five years? Would you want that? instead of maybe some of the Star Wars stories. Well, I agree with you guys. I think the saga episodes should be about the Skywalker bloodline. What I think Disney should do, and I don't know if they are, I think they need to take a break. I think after 9 is done, and this was even before Last Jedi I mentioned this. I was like, you do this trilogy, you need to have a plan on what you're going to do. That's my biggest issue. I enjoy the new, new saga, but obviously not as much as the original trilogy. My biggest issue is that when they started episode seven, they did not have a plan for eight and nine, this whole trilogy. I didn't understand why they're like, well, we don't know what's going to happen here or there. I'm like, I, why? Yeah. Like, you're doing a tri- This is the biggest <laughs> franchise on the planet ever, and you don't have a plan for these three movies. Yeah. Like, look, you, and you should get the same director, get the same writers, and you, you plan out this is going to be a this three. That's why I don't understand. It's like, okay. This person wanted to do that. That person wanted to do this. So I think they should take a break, spend some time, and think about what they want to do for the next one. Do they want to bring back Ray and Kylo Ren? I don't know. However, episode nine ends. Right. Or do they want to invest time in starting? Let's say it's twenty, thirty, forty years later, and they have the you know, child that has grown up, and that's their saga. Who knows? But I think they should take a break. Focus on all this other stuff. I'm excited about the. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Yeah. I'm excited about this uh, Benioff and Weiss yeah, yeah, me series. Too. Me too. And they said series. It's not a trilogy. Series, which means it can go series as of movies. Long right. as break they whatever want rules you want with that. You know? I, I I think you want ben- force FaceTime there. Go do it. <laughs> I think Benioff and Weiss are perfectly suited for an old Republic. Yeah. That's. I mean, let's get some Game of Thrones flavor. Let's go way back. Let's get away from the saga. Is that where you think it's going? I, I think that's where it's going because yeah. if you think about that, what their their wheelhouse is Game of Thrones series, a long series of a long story with a lot of houses, a lot of characters, a lot of things that happen in a big universe. Why not do that? The formation of the Jedi, the formation of the Sith, yeah, the Korriban Old Republic, Korriban. Yep. Some of the different planets that we've heard about that we've never seen before that could come from legends. There is so much to mine there. But to go to your point, Dennis, about the saga continuing, the more I started talking about it, I wonder why a lot of people don't look to J.J. as somebody that kind of put us in this position. Yeah. Because J.J. came in and he dropped his Star Wars movie and he walked off. And what did he do? He set the mystery box standard that we are now seeing the fallout of. Who's Ray's parents? Who's this right. Snoke guy? That's a very good point. He set that up. And Ryan Johnson, to his credit, and I'm playing devil's advocate. I know you're yelling at me right now, but hold on. 
he comes in and he goes, okay, here's the story I'm going to tell. Snoke was like the emperor for me in the original trilogy, so I'm going to off him right away. I'm going to just blow your, your expectations out of the water. I'm going to show that while everybody's expecting Rey to be Rey Solo and the brother to Kylo Ren, maybe, she's going to be nobody. Now, that could be – and I'm not going to say retconned. I think Kylo Ren could surely could be have, have been lying to her. You know, but she also, if you watch Last Jedi, which I've been doing a lot of on Netflix, she, he says, you know, and she said, there's nobody. She's the first one that said it, not him. He said, yeah, they're filthy junk traders. They're buried in the Jakku desert. She's the one that kind of summoned that out of her. So that's Ryan Johnson. But could you look at JJ as the one that said, I'm just going to drop a big bomb in Star Wars? Obviously, he didn't do the, the aren't script. Right. He did his thing. He created Snoke. He created, and, and maybe Kazan as well. He created the whole myth of Rey and who are her parents. And here we are. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He's now coming back for nine. Could he set up this tie everything together that then leads to. Episode 10, 11, 12, but I'm with you, Dennis. I think they do need to take a long break and kind of establish and if they want to do it right, to your point, get somebody to oversee the first three, three, the, the, the last three movies. Yeah. But let me throw this one last question to you. If they do 10, 11, 12, is that a sign that they'll do 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 19? Right. Sure. But I mean, the thing is they need to do it right and take the time with it and don't force it and rush it out don't have those episodes like so let's say nine comes out uh nine's coming out next next december right next december 2019 you're not gonna have you know 10 two years from that or 11 two years like take a break so between the trilogies take a break figure out what you're gonna do you've got plenty of star wars things that you can put in the middle there you know the old republic series with benioff and weiss that's what i would vote for this is actually some interesting stuff here you know you know, that I'm listening to here. And it reminds me, and God, I hope I don't get this wrong, but I believe that between the trilogy, uh, between, the, be, between the prequels, there was four years in between them, right? 99, 2002, right? Yes, and 2002, 2005. 2005. Three years. So three years. Three years. So it was three years between them. Um, now it's like, Oh, we just bought Star Wars, biggest franchise of all time. Let's make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. Let's pump them out every year. Pump it, pump it, pump it. Oh, shit, backlash. Let's bring it back. Right. So learn from your mistakes, right? Isn't that what Yoda said? Right. In right. The Last Jedi. Right. right. In The Last Jedi. It's actually my favorite line in The Last Jedi. Um, yeah. Like, take your time with it. Yes. I like, couldn't agree more. You have the most valuable entertainment franchise of all time. Look at what. Um, you know, I, I sounded like Kanye West there for a second. All time, hey, you know. Anyway, I'm so, excuse me for that. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, Fernandez. <laughs> right, right. Like, go <laughs> go back um, and l- learn from George Lucas. He gave you the game plan. Yeah, right. He sure Be did. very selective about the films that you make. And what do you do in between? There's still a way to make money in between. There's actually a way to make even more money than you think. Is focus on premium licensing premium merchandising where are all the star wars games that are great yeah. you know back in the old days x-wing was a masterpiece oh, that was so much fun you know george Luke, uh, lucasfilm uh, invented uh, you know like a whole genre of mm-hmm. video games called the mud engine games right right fate of atlantis all that stuff um 
Star Wars Galaxies, for the record, is my favorite game that I've ever played in my life. That's right. You know, like, like give it, like, you have this franchise. You can always make money off the movie. That's the easy thing, right? Right. Show restraint. Show a little control. Like, give, like, don't look at this franchise as, like, the print money machine, because that has diminishing returns, as they've seen, right? That's, that's to your point. So That's it's exactly like, what happened. So now they got all these freaking announcements all over the place, all these projects flying everywhere. Why do the toys not sell anymore? Why do the video games kind of suck, right? Battlefield is okay, mm-hmm. but it's not Battlefield, is or it? Battlefront. Battlefront. I'm sorry, yeah, Battlefront. Same, same developer yeah, yeah, dice. Yeah. Um, Battlefront's okay. It's not Fortnite. No. Right? No. Yeah. It's not COD 4, <clears throat> right? I mean, I I personally like the story of Battlefront too, but that's just me. I'm not a big gamer. But I but I see what you're saying. Fortnite. If they would have had a Fortnite, that would have been like, like you've been do, doing time. it different. You have been talking thing. differently. Like the novels, nobody really talks about them. No. Like like back in the old days. <laughs> look, you know, one thing that I've learned through all this crypto stuff that we're involved with is that scarcity brings value. Mm-hmm. Scarcity is one of the fundamental hallmarks of something that's valuable, yeah. right? George Lucas understood this. That's why when he launched the role-playing game, it overnight was the highest-selling role-playing game of all time, beat fucking d and I mean, yeah. for that period of time in that, in, in that phase, like not all time, but in that, in that quarter or whatever, a video game would come out a big deal. When Heir to the Empire came out, and we're going to talk a little bit about Legends later, yeah. it was a huge deal. Oh, God. Like, anything was a huge deal. But we didn't have, like, we thought Star Wars was ending because of Return of the Jedi was over, and Lucas was like, out. And so we were kind of starred for Star Wars. Right, but we always knew because A New Hope was episode four, we always knew that there was other stories. It yes, was just, it was whether or not we were going to get them or not was, right, right. and when. Yeah, but so. I, I, I'm with you. I think to wrap this up, I think what happened to your point, Fernandez, is that they went, and, and Iger said, and Kathleen Kennedy backed up, like, we could do Star Wars. I remember doing a movie talk. Star Wars forever. <laughs> it was like, we're going to do movies. Every year we're going to have a movie. They were kind of looking at Marvel. Right. Inflation. It's called inflation. <clears throat> so we were going to get a saga film, then a story, then a saga film, and a story. And then what bit them in the ass, it was a lot of contributing factors, in my opinion. Last Jedi divisiveness coming on the heels um, <clears throat> for Solo. And then too soon. I mean, it was five months later. And we have another Star Wars movie in the middle of a summer that has now been owned by Avengers Infinity War. I mean, Infinity War blew everything out of well, the water. Black Panther first. Black Panther up, first. And then Infinity War. And right. then Solo kind of drops like, what, two, three bam, weeks later? Like, yeah, yeah two, it did. Months. It dropped like a fart in church, mm. man. It was like, <laughs> like. And even I walked out of there going, oh, uh, that happened. And I saw it twice. I went back and I went with my fiance and went, hey, here we go. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, ah, same. Yeah, just didn't land with me. But that's and she's the nicest person. I mean, you know, she'll yeah. be nice about it too. Yeah, she's totally nice <laughs> yeah. about it. Until we close the door in our apartment, she goes, "Boy, that sucks." And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, no." Uh, but yeah, I don't. I think they need to take their time. I think inevitably, I think we will get an episode 10, 11, 12. Uh, but at the same point, I could see it not happening, and maybe they wrap a nice little bow on the Skywalker saga, and then we Star Wars is going to reinvent itself sooner yeah. or later. Maybe they do it with Benioff and Weiss. Maybe not. Maybe the future is in TV because Clone Wars is back. Scarcity, again. Scarcity. You're dealing with the most valuable film franchise of all time. Like, look at what happened when countries overprint their money. Look at what happens when you flood the market with too much shit. 
I've look, I've I've suffered from the same things. I've had to learn that mistake as well. Like scarcity is valuable. Sometimes it creates too much scarcity and not enough value. So there's a dance there, but just be wary of you know be be, be careful with it. But one thing I want to throw out there. Uh, Mark Hamill tweeted, no, not tweeted, uh, posted on Instagram yesterday mm-hmm. this really funny picture of a, a Jedi robe that was empty. Yes. Did you guys see that? Yes. I did. Yeah. yeah. Just cast in episode nine. Yeah. The robe. <laughs> so it's just like it, Mark Hamill to me is the true um, voice of reason in all of this. He's the ambassador Because I don't think he Wars. really cares. And, I, and, and like, I think he doesn't really care about what happens to him because he is Luke Skywalker and you can't really change that until you reboot it in a good way, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Mm. But he's also the one that's keenly aware of all of the mistakes that are being brought upon the legacy of this franchise. I, he's, I, I call him the ambassador. I think he is number one, a fan. He even said, I, I don't, he talked to even um, Collider at, uh, at the Saturn Awards where he's like, I don't necessarily care about being in episode nine i'm a fan of watching the movies because there's no pressure on me but let me tell you something mark hamill is going to be in episode nine yeah yeah obviously. he's going to be a force ghost yeah yeah yeah. he's going to be some and, and we know now from jedi last jedi because yoda did this he had a little force lightning there maybe uh mark hamill will have something my my yeah. my vote for mark hamill for luke skywalker is he is haunting ben solo i would love to see ben solo yeah, oh boy kylo ren Having to deal with the ghost of his uncle. Right, right, right. Being there to kind of, you the know. Charles Dickens version. The Charles Dickens version, yeah. the Hamlet. This, of is, this is what the we Star have Wars now, guys. universe. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll see. But um, so, it, it remains to be seen on what Disney will do. The takeaway here is I think that they do need to take a, a break, as you, you mentioned. Um, Fernanda's scarcity will, will breed the want. Yeah. And that fire will come back to the Star Wars universe. But let's turn uh, our attention next to the rest of Comic Con now. Uh, I'm going to do my best impression to do what Christian Harloff does. This is the next part of Jedi Council, which is, what's the deal with canon? <laughs> I can do it. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was right? pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, I, I'm sorry, guys. I know that there's a lot. Sometimes there's a lot of uh, everything that happens outside of the world of movies, which is TV, which is video games, which is the books, the comics. I don't. I haven't been getting into any of the books or the comics, so I can't really comment on it. So I'm going to leave that to the professional Star Wars people that will be back next week. But I do want to point out we did just have the Comic-Con Clone Wars panel for today, Thursday, where they did announce the Clone Wars is coming back. We're all excited here. Uh, Christian texted me. He said it is going to be on the Disney streaming service. It is. That's what I figured. We're breaking news today. Yeah, that's what I figured. Thad did the same. It's going to be a part of the, the Disney streaming, the app. So. Look for that. I mean, that's an insta buy for me. Is yeah, that yeah. all of you guys same? Getting the, getting the Disney streaming? Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. It, look, it goes without saying. Like, there's there's diehard Star Wars fans. There's three of them at this table that you can throw, you can beat us up, and we will still consume it. Right? We will yeah. still consume it. But even in our business, there's something very important. Right? Like watching is one thing. Retention is another. Right. Right? Absolutely. So, so you can watch, but how long do you watch? How long do you come back? Are you right. a repeat customer? Exactly. There's other KPIs, right? Key performance indicators beyond the first time that you sell a ticket. Mm-hmm. There's how good is the merchandising? How many times are, are you going back to it? Right. right. Where the original trilogy, those KPIs are through the roof, right? Um, right. And the new stuff, 
from what I've heard, toy sales are down. actually terrible. Well, they were great for Force Awakens. They're terrible for Last Jedi. No one wanted to buy. The- I see more toys for the prequels with new packaging mm-hmm. than I do for the new characters. Yeah, I, I remember when the toys were announced for Phantom Menace. I was lining up at Toys R Us. Rest in peace. Um, I, I just loved the thing. But then I remember they made so many of these toys because they were looking to recreate what was sure, the sure. Kenner action figures in the original trilogy yeah. time. Um, but, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, who knows? I, I want to look at the toy sales. We were talking about that because yeah. – Yeah, we were, look, look, we don't have exact numbers. This is yeah. more of a – of like – a vibe or a feeling maybe somebody will correct us and say that the toy numbers are actually much higher but well, merchandising is huge with this video games are huge but with canon with what's the deal with canon we have the comics we have the books yeah they keep doing it so it goes into let's go over i'm going to quickly do this because i want to get to the twitter questions yeah, where yeah, we can yeah. have some really go good it, go conversation uh tomorrow friday we have the hasbro star wars uh one o'clock to two p.m Members of the Hasbro and Lucasfilm teams will discuss the popular Hasbro Star Wars line. To your point, here are the toys that they're going to go into. We then have uh, 2 p.m. Disney Lucasfilm Publishing, Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. That is uh, Michael Slagan uh, is the director created for Disney Lucasfilm Publishing. Surprise panelists, this is all the publishing, all the books, all that stuff, so be sure to check that out. And then from 5 to 6 we have the women of Star Wars for the past 40 years. The Star Wars galaxy expanded at a remarkable rate. Behind-the-scenes creators have worked around the galaxy to maintain cultural revel- revel- uh, relevancy by appealing to new fans. So you're going to get a bunch of authors. They're going to talk all about the women in Star Wars. So those that's the Disney. Yeah. I mean, that's the Star Wars presence can I, over at can, Comic-Con. Yeah. Can I throw an impromptu question to the panel here? Yeah, yeah. please do. Um, what is your favorite female Star Wars uh, character? Princess Leia. Princess Leia? Yeah, yeah Princess Leia. I yeah. mean... Yeah? yeah. For, you know, for me, it's Asajj Ventress. Ooh, you and are like, a prequel guy. Yeah, well, she's not in the prequels, but she's in Clone Wars. She's in Clone Wars, yeah, yeah but yeah. prequel for time Prequel line. time period. Yeah, 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 time. yeah, prequel time period. And um, for, for those guys, um, or for, for those folks that haven't seen the, uh, uh, the Clone Wars, and for you especially, there's an incredible storyline where Asajj Ventress is actually... Um, uh, Palpatine tells Dooku... That Asajj has outlived her usefulness, mm-hmm. and has you know tells her tells him that she's got to be done right. So Dooku has to go kill her. Mm-hmm. Something right. happens, and she doesn't die; she escapes. Right. Um, but then the relationship that you get with Asajj Ventress and Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, in Clone Wars, it is was so is fantastic. Cool. Yeah, and that's like, a great great call. And um, the relationship then that you get between Asajj and even Anakin. Mm-hmm. There's another great storyline where somebody, a Jedi, goes rogue inside of the uh, um, of the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, another female Jedi, actually. Right. And uh, Asajj is also in that storyline. Some great Asajj Ventress storylines. Um, I actually heard, uh, which I'm not sure about, but I heard that she was actually supposed to be in Attack of the Clones as a secret apprentice to Dooku. Yeah. And, I, and, then, they, and then they took her out at the last I minute. Wanna, I want to like say that's true. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I'm sure we'd have to find out. And the first time you see her is in the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's the first time we actually got to see her. But yeah. anyway, Asajj Ventress is mine, but let's move on. Yeah. So uh, that, that'll do it for everything and what's the deal with canon. Again, next week they'll get more into the comics and more into the books and all that because we will have some announcements from the publishing line tomorrow, I'm sure we're going to get new books. I know there's a new Thrawn book coming out where there's that great 
image that they teased with Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Anakin. Cool image. Yeah, yeah. Very cool image standing with Thrawn. So there's some backstory there. So stay tuned for that for the regular council to return next week. But now let's get into some of these awesome Twitter and Facebook questions. It is what is affectionately known, the Fan Alliance. And we're going to get into thank you again. Um, I'm going to go and start off right here. Steve Emshoff from Facebook. This is very fascinating. Early concepts for Return of the Jedi had Obi-Wan return to the land of the living along with Yoda to help Luke defeat Vader and the Emperor. Given all negativity surrounding Luke's portrayal of the fate in The Last Jedi, could J.J. revisit this idea to bring Luke back for one final duel or confrontation as a way to make peace with the fan base? Now, it kind of ties into the idea of Luke haunting Kylo Ren, but that's Force Ghost. Now, when you tell me, and I heard about this, did you hear about this, Fernandez, Dennis? I did not hear. I've never heard. I've I've never heard about this. There was toying with the idea, but you've heard about this? Yes. I don't. I'm not going to say it was living the land of the living. It was, however, them appearing in Force Ghost kind of visage and helping, and helping Luke defeat the Emperor and Vader. Like physically helping, or just like physically helping, kind of because they do help. They do help, obviously. They do. They offer him wisdom and guidance and all this kind of stuff and moral support. Moral support. So, could we see a similar thing happening? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it as living. I'm gonna put it as the Force Ghost coming to help, and that's where I'm landing with Mark Hamill. Why he's going to return? Mark my words, as a Force Ghost in Episode Nine. What do you guys think? So, I think that I do think that Luke Skywalker got done dirty. Right? Yeah, I, th- there's no doubt about it. No, I think a lot of I people actually, agree with you. I actually really liked, <laughs> and to me, it's really funny because you and I have talked a lot about this. If the movie would have ended with Luke Skywalker saying "See you around, kid," mm-hmm. right, and now. It was going to be the catalyst of Luke Skywalker really saying, you know what? I am the fucking G. I am the Jedi Master. <laughs> I, and I, 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 yeah. I'm coming out of my little depression that I was in, mm-hmm. and I'm coming like to show you who's the boss and spank you a little bit, right? Sure. And say, I see you around, kid, and he, he's back, he's exhausted or whatever. And then, But he's alive. The Falcon alive. picks him up, and he's up for episode nine. Right. Yep. I would have really, really, really enjoyed that, you know. And to me, that one decision, I think, could have gone miles to make that film a completely different film. I, I tend to agree with you on that. I land on some of that for sure. I would have been happy. And there's a part of me as a Luke Skywalker fan wished that they picked him up and he lived. But there's something so damn beautiful about what Johnson did with Luke because he threw that lightsaber away like he did in Jedi end of return of the jedi and he did it in a in a non uh, in a pacifist way which is the way of the jedi he projected the image of luke skywalker and he took on the entire uh, first order but that's a whole nother uh, story dennis what do you think do you think uh, we could get a force ghost helping in a duel somewhat you know actually phys- I, I will say because yoda did the, the force lightning and took right. out the tree right <laughs> could luke come in and help from beyond in the in where, where ray needs it most okay i'm probably gonna have an unpo- unpopular opinion about this that's all right um so as far as this idea return jedi no i don't i didn't want to see it there i don't want to see it now i actually like the idea of the force ghost but i like the way that it was done in a new hope versus return of the jedi where it's a voice that that luke can hear like you know i don't know if i needed the physical like embody the visual of the Force Ghost, you know? Yeah. I mean, you see at the Sitting very the end, log, yeah. end of Return of Jedi, yeah. 
you know, you had Yoda. It was cool, but I, 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 there's something about just that voice in your head, you know, mm-hmm. where they, they can kind of be anywhere. I, I, I don't want them to have any type of physical manifestation in terms of fighting anyone. So I think, yeah. no, they shouldn't do it. I don't, and I don't think JJ's going to do it. I just, you know, one thing... If he does do it, let's say he to make peace with whatever the base. The fans, yeah, sure. Then you're going to have another group of fans and think this is stupid. Right. And so, it's retcon right. some, somewhat. Yeah. Right. So somewhat. I just think he's in a no-win situation. Just leave it alone. I'm fine with the Force Ghosts. They can come back, whatever. But, yeah. yeah. Like, imagine, like, Luke coming back and has a lightsaber. And, he, and he's in. He's a Force Ghost and he's fighting <laughs> Kylo Ren. Or no, I yeah. don't want to see it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. So, uh, all right, let's go to our next question. This comes from Lauren Romo from Facebook. Goes into the making of uh, Episode 9 with J.J. With filming weeks away, do you think J.J. will be as secretive as he was with The Force Awakens? Or do you think he could take the Ron Howard approach and use social media to give little nuggets of information? This is going to my point of the mystery box that J.J. incorporates in yeah. every production. Which I love that point. I love I, I, he, he, everything is secretive, and it causes the fandom to, myself included, to, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And our imagination can get carried away to where Ray is obviously Luke's daughter and or a clone from his hand or – so on and so forth, and Snoke is actually Plagueis, and which I would have wanted. Um, but you, you start to speculate immensely to where it can lead to a final backlash that we saw with The Last Jedi. But then Ron Howard is great. He's showing pictures. He's like, here's the castle run. Here's this. Here's that. Fernandez, what do you think? Should he be a little bit more forthcoming so, with, with the sharing of things? So, look, I think there's two things here. Uh, one of them is the mystery box is a narrative technique, mm-hmm. and the other one is just keeping details private about the production to not allow any leaks. So the first one about the mystery box is a narrative technique. I don't think anybody does it really better than J.J. And I think J.J. kind of takes it to the nth point mm-hmm. so that it's really all he has. Like, if you look at, you know, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Lost. Mm-hmm. Lost is built on the mystery box, yes. right? Everything oh, yeah, is a mystery for box. Sure. And, and, and what does that do? Like, what is the consequence of using the mystery box narrative technique in your pieces is that, to your point, it creates conversation. And the beautiful thing about The Force Awakens, whether you like it or you don't, and I, I do think it was, you know, to use Frosty's uh, term, it was Star Wars karaoke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I do get that from it. But one thing that I will give The Force Awakens is that incited incredible conversation on this show there was a year after force awakens or two years it was two years between force awakens and last jedi yeah yeah two, two years, years the, this show was built on jj's mystery box because absolutely had That's so all, many questions so many videos we did now, to like of uh, the speculation and right we don't talk about the last jedi yeah because there's no mystery left right like all it was answer 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 like even such a great point i didn't even think about it yeah. there's no speculation left other there's, than there's no speculation will left. there be uh, a force ghost with with luke right we're, we're like even with the prequels between one and two there wasn't a ton of speculation you kind of knew like george lucas is a more of a very direct storyteller like here's the story and here's how it ended and it's gonna pick up where it ended and it's gonna go to another point where 
JJ is very good about creating these mysteries, right? Like these open-ended questions, which Lost did brilliantly for like seven years. Um, and then, and then Ryan Johnson just took all of those questions to your point and answered them. Yeah. And, and, and that's no fun. Nobody likes a wise ass. Okay. <laughs> Nobody likes a know-it-all wise ass. But did he answer them though? He answered them in his way. In his way. I still think we could get answers in a way, maybe Snoke, maybe in a discussion, yeah. it's offhand, but I get what you're saying. Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, I think J.J. could retcon the, I <laughs> think so the whole thing. I think so, too. Uh, or at least a good part of it. I, did, I, I do enjoy the mystery box. You know, I like discussing. Yeah. I also was a huge fan of Lost, and I like what he did mm, there. Love it. But sometimes he does take it a little too far. Something like even like the Star Trek, the con thing, like... You know, like when you watch it, you're like, okay, that didn't really. I actually enjoyed the movie. I didn't really need to have that mystery of of who Benedict Cumberbatch's character was. Right. So it's one of those things where I think it's cool in the sense of the promotion, the marketing, but narratively, I don't know if you need to have it there as much. You can still have it, but just it doesn't have to be every single thing. Yeah. Right. So look, here's my force lightning take for the day. Ooh, I like it. Okay. I think that there might be a universe, and of course, if you believe in quantum physics, well, you shouldn't believe in it. You should know that it's true. There is a universe that this is real, but in our universe, right, the timeline might go that, look, we've seen it with DC. Mm-hmm. We've seen it a little bit with some Marvel stuff, right, mm-hmm. with, with like, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Daredevil and, and, and some of the older sure. Marvel franchises. I see a possibility where there's a little shakeup at Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they eliminate these last three. Real, oh boy! I like. I know it sounds crazy. Oh boy, that is crazy. That, it, I, it, I don't it's think it's they absolutely, could ever do that. They, yeah. they could never do that. Maybe because of the of the actors involved, right? Right. Like you're never going to get Harrison back. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, obviously Carrie Fisher. You know, the late Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. You're never going to get her back, of course. But look, you know, um, look at where digital. Look at where technology is now. Look at Moore's Law and what Moore's Law does to technology, where technology will be in five years and where the scarcity and the wantonness is there. I can maybe see them do episode seven, eight, nine again. So you're talking in about in a completely new way. Are you the guy that created the remake The Last Jedi Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you? <laughs> right. he, oh, he, Fernandez. He's, he's the main sponsor for he's that. He's the main sponsor. You put in a lot of crypto bucks so over first there. Of all, to, I did throw some crypto to that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's jump into this next question then, which comes from Brendan Casey, because I think it'll open up uh, this kind of thing because it brings up something that uh, – a question that I didn't unfortunately grab, but I'm going to work it in here. Brendan Casey writes, if you could have – one Legends novel adapted into a movie to become canon, which would it be? I would go with Darth Plagueis. I will incorporate all canon novels, trilogies, and whatnot, like the Timothy Zahn trilogy. Dennis, what do you think? First off, do you, have you read any of the other Not the Legend Legends books? stuff. I've listened to a lot of the, the new canon stuff, like right. Lost Stars, Bloodline, Lords of the Sith, uh, Thrawn. Lords Cat- of the Sith is really good. Uh, yeah, uh, Thrawn, Catalyst, like I'm, I'm listening to Leia right now. So I, yeah. most of that, the legend stuff that I am most interested in are not the novels, but one was the comic book Dark Empire. That's my I favorite that one. Yeah, yeah. I love that That one. is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second one is obviously Knights of the Old Republic, the video game. And yeah, yeah. Dark Empire is, but you can't do that because that, that's, you know, yeah. that's kind of the alternate so, so, after Return of the just, Jedi. So just to throw into that, Dark Empire, for those that are, don't know about it and are tempted about it, the whole premise of Dark Empire 
is that uh, Emperor Palpatine, before he died, knew that there was a possibility because he had killed his master that his apprentice would try to kill him. Yep. So what he did was that he created a cloning facility mm-hmm. where he cloned himself. Yep. And there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Palpatine clones. And then he force jumped in. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a really great story. It's great, too. And also, Luke Skywalker falls to the dark side. Yes. He literally goes, you know what? The only way to beat these guys is I got to go on the inside, and I'm going to follow the path that my father took, and it's Leia who brings him back. It's It's a a wonderful story. story. It's a great story. And I'm going to throw this out there because I also love the Heir to the Empire trilogy Mm -hmm. of books, and why couldn't – and it's a soft remake, but adapt Dark Empire or Heir to the Empire, what have you. Set immediately following the events of Return of the Jedi, which is where both of these land, and you cast new actors. Mm-hmm. You got Sebastian Stan, who looks a hell of a lot like Mark Hamill, young. I don't know, Alden Ehrenreich, we got him. We get right. a new Carrie Fisher, uh, a new uh, Princess Leia actor. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a fascinating thing to... Alden in, like, elevator shoes, though, next time. <laughs> Alden in <laughs> elevator shoes, for sure. Yeah, he seems so, a little shorter so than look, normal. Uh, for me, first of all, I love this question, so thank you for submitting this one. It's a great question. I yeah, think about is. this one all the time. Um, for me, it would definitely be the Thrawn trilogy um, or the Timothy Zahn trilogy, whatever you call it. But when Heir to the Empire came out, just to, like contextualize what it was like back then. Back then, there was, I believe, only four or five novels out at the time. There was like a Han Solo novel. Mm-hmm. There was um, The Splinter of a Mind's Eye. Right. There was like three other little tiny ones. But there wasn't a ton of, of, of novels. There was comics. No. You know, Marvel had their original comic book run. Uh, I don't even know if the, if the Dark Horse comics had started yet. Um, but... Um, what was out that I think was a huge kick uh, to, to, to get the, the uh, Thrawn trilogy done was that um, there was a, and I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the company right now, um, but there was a, a Star Wars RPG game that came out, a pen and paper RPG game that came out. Mm, that, w- remember. that was really the first, I think it was SSI. I think SSI published it. It, it was the first real expansion of the Star Wars universe was in this very, very popular RPG game, pen and paper RPG game. So when the Thrawn trilogy comes out, I think that George Lucas was very, very heavily involved in it. Mm. Back in those days, Anthony Daniels actually read the first audio book. Yes, I bought that. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like I remember going to Walden Books and... Oh, Walden books, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and picking that up, and I don't want to say how I got it, but um, <laughs> picking that up, and um, you know, and if you look at that story, right, the story of the Thrawn trilogy, yeah, it was always the Thrawn trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy. Actually, it's not really so much about Thrawn. No, what it is about. It's about the love affair between Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade. Yeah, right. That's really what the movie is about, uh, or I'm sorry, the the um, the novels. And what's really interesting about that story is that Mara Jade absolutely despises Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. right, when they first meet. Because Luke Skywalker killed her master, right. right, Emperor Palpatine. She was the Emperor's hand. And this is all done in dramatic irony because Luke Skywalker has no idea that Mara Jade who had any relationship to the Emperor. And she doesn't find this out. He doesn't find this out till much later. But it creates this really interesting story of forbidden love, which, to use a George Lucasism, is echoes 
the storyline that he kind of made for the prequels yes. of the forbidden love between Anakin and Padme. Yes. You you mentioned this to me off off air when we were t- when we were planning this and I was like, god, that that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I tried to start to headcanon it <laughs> in my head where it's like, could we have a like a soft reboot of the material meaning new characters or new actors in these old characters? We have a new story. He meets Mara Jade. He, you know, whatever it is may the be. Is Thrawn trilogy canon? Or no, no, no because they they took yeah they legends, took Thrawn. They, they took Thrawn. Now he's in the Rebels era. Yeah. So yeah, I, I listened. But to Mara the, Jade is not canon. Mara Jade is not canon no. as of now. Not canon. But right. she is. I'm looking it up right now. Yes, she was first introduced in Heir of the Empire. Uh, Zahn wanted to introduce a strong, complex female character. And she really is that. And. And you look at her arc as a character, yeah, she goes from I'm going to kill you, Luke Skywalker, to I do, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it's I'm incredible. I'm going to marry incredible. you and have kids. And this was before, again, this is what's interesting is we never knew that there was a quote-unquote Jedi code that you couldn't fall in love, right? That was – in here, Luke is – he can Luke marry – Luke is free whoever, to do whatever he wants. Yeah. He, Luke, Luke gets married, has yeah. a kid. Mara Jade is his wife. But then when the prequels come out, it's like, no, because the Jedi can't have attachment. Yeah. So then we're like the forbidden love is Padme and, you know, what ultimately leads to him falling to the dark side, which I thought is, again, on paper, a brilliant storytelling element. Absolutely brilliant. Now, I love your idea of the Thrawn trilogy or let's call it the heir to the Empire trilogy um, where it would be neat to see Luke going, knowing now that the the thing that got his dad was he fell for his mom. Right. That's what that's what happened. So if he then is forced and he has feelings and he acts on those feelings and the circle is complete and the echo. First of all, it's a fucking, first of all, yes, because the more he, when he realizes who Mara Jade is. Oh, yeah. You know, there, there's conflict there again. You like, again, there's conflict. You know, like Mara Jade is forced to enlist Luke's help to rescue Card in, in, um, in Dark Force Rising. Right. Um, and that's and that's when you really really get their bond uh, in it. But yeah, I mean the echoes of that to Anakin and Padme are great. And look, I actually think that there's not and, and, and I'm playing the story out in my head. I mean I've read this book like 20 years ago, so I, I can't remember it very well. But um, there's not a ton of stuff in there that contradicts where these very limited stories that they've been telling recently go because these stories are all very tiny. Yeah. Right, like the only other planet you see with people in it, I think, are Canto Bite and um, uh, the desert planet. Uh, what the hell? Jakku. Jakku. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's no other planet with life except you see a split second of some weird planet, which may or may not be Coruscant or something. That's blowing up. Yeah. But, but there's not a lot of scope to these new stories. I I really like the idea, and I I don't know if retcon is the right word to use, but to look at the heir to the empire trilogy from Zon. And go, you know what? Disney does this. They go, you know what? We're going to make that. We're going to recast the actors. It's going to be a prequel to the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Oh, now, like now, now we're going yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. But, but, it could but now be, you're being creative. But you kind of, you have a little bit more to play with, and there's such fans to these characters. Timothy Zahn even said, my favorite two characters I wrote were Thrawn and Mara Jade. Yeah. Could Mara we bring Jade's in incredible. Mara Jade? And purple gonna, lightsaber for the record. Purple she's lightsaber, she's purple exactly. Lightsaber. I'm going to headcanon this. If... They do the trilogy, and it ends, right? Luke, and it's, the, uh, and it's the echo that you were mentioning with Anakin falling for Padme. He falls for Mara, 
And by the last movie, she dies. And Luke goes off to find the first Jedi temple or whatever. I, I mean, it, it works. It works. And you could, there are ways to do the, the young, the de-aging technology. Absolutely. But I think you could even have them play that. And look, Han Solo is actually great in oh, the Tron. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. In it. So was Luke. Yeah, Luke's Luke was great. Leia so was Leia. Fantastic. Leia, yeah. And Leia and Han have some trouble in the Thrawn trilogy. Like, oh, yeah. They, they're, they're at odds with each other a lot of the times, trying to rebuild the Empire and everything. But look, Thrawn in those books is incredible. His, yeah. his, his, the way he manipulates the situation, the way that he, um, you know, I think you get this a little bit in Rebels, but Thrawn's whole thing actually derived from the art of war, which is, you know, own, know thy enemy like ye know thyself and you shall win a thousand battles. The way that he chooses to understand his enemy is that he loots their art. Yeah. He says that art is the way that you truly understand your enemy's psych, you know, so psychology. Great. So anyway, that's a great series of books. I'm with you. That's the one that I would want to make. Uh, I'm, I'm with you after discussing this. So we're going to wrap up the show, but I'm going to do this real quick because there's some great questions that came, and I want quick answers because it's Star Wars fandom, and you would Let's love it. Let's do it. So, Let's do it. Uh, Paolo Del Bene yeah. writes, Paolo what, is Del your, Bene. what is your favorite lightsaber duel in any form of the media? Dennis, give it to me. Uh, easy. Empire Strikes Back. Luke versus Darth Vader. That is son versus father. Yep. That is mine as well. I can't lie. Uh, a second, second would be Phantom Menace lightsaber duel. How about you, Mark Fernandez? So favorite look, duel for me. Um, oh God, short answer. Short like, answer. I really want to explain why this duel is clearly the best one. You can do it this way. It's cool. <laughs> it looks <laughs> awesome. Right, right. Like I want to give you some history, some, yeah, some yeah. context, some some comparables. But I'm gonna go obviously with the true duel of the fates, which is. Um, Anakin, Anakin and Obi Wan intercut with Palpatine and Yoda. That's a pretty damn good one. I like that as well. We're going to go next to at Garrett Nice or N E I S S. If you could have one Star Wars spaceship, what would it be? I would like an A wing to get around. I'm an X wing guy. I'm taking that X wing. I'm flying it everywhere. I'm going to Octu to find the first Rebel temple. I'm flying everywhere. Fernandez, what's your All right, vehicle? So my my vanity says I'm going to go for the Jedi. Uh, you know the uh, Jedi uh, uh, the Jedi starship from uh, Revenge of the Sith, the little sure. tiny one. But you know the the older guy in me says, I mean. I'll just take the biggest fucking imperial cruiser that they've ever shown. The like, Star Destroyer. Super yeah, Star yeah, Destroyer. Yeah. Super Star Destroyer. I get like a hundred X-Wing. <laughs> I mean, like like a hundred TIE fighters. Sure. I get like some other, like, you know, some of the Lambda shuttles. Sure. You probably I'm, have a mall in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You can go get some pizza. <laughs> right, right. You know? So I'm taking the biggest one they got. Okay. Uh, what I'm about going you more do? simple than you guys. I'm not even having any weapons on my I'm taking the imperial shuttle. Nice. I, but I'm going to be like, but it's got to come with all the, all the. Which all, one, the Lambda one? Yeah, yeah, the Lambda one. Okay. But it has to come with all the frills, right? I'm not piloting it. It's, it's yeah. got to have a pilot in there, right? <laughs> He's just taking me around. It's right. got to have the Royal Guard yeah, in, there, right. in there with me. So, like, I'm Palpatine traveling around. <laughs> Anywhere I go, they, they take and me. And you there. have an armed right. escort. You're, yeah, yeah. D- Dennis can, just... Around me can have all the, all the weapons, but my ship is like, I'm just getting, you know, Taken around everywhere. Yeah. D- Dennis just chose the Cadillac of the Star yeah, Wars yeah, universe. Exactly. I love it. I want to find just one more to wrap this up. And where was it? I can't find it. Oh, uh, oh, no, I can't find it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I thought we could do it, but uh, that's enough. Um, 
That'll do it. Cool. I think that'll awesome. do it. We it did a, a great, great, great discussion on all things Star Wars. It felt like it was three friends sitting here talking about Star Wars. That's what I love. That's what you guys, I hope, love. Thank you so much for joining us here for Collider Jedi Council. I want to thank the panel. The first-timer, Dennis Zen. Where can people find you, my friend? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, at ThinkHero, on Instagram, Dennis.TZNG. And, and just a reminder, all of our, our, our thoughts and support are with... John Schnepp and his fiance Holly Payne. So just remember, there is a fundraiser, a GoFundMe. Check out Holly's uh, Twitter and Facebook and I- Instagram. I posted on all mine. I know yeah. you guys all posted on there. Yes. Check it out. Uh, I, I'm heading Comic Con uh, right after this, but I will still be thinking about them as we, uh, as I will as well. And Mark Fernandez, how about you? Where can people find you? So look for me, um, again, I echo everything Dennis said. Yep. And I think a lot of the folks that know me that are watching this know what John Schnepp means to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm going to internalize that for the time being. Um, but you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers with John and his family, um, you know, check out Holly Payne's Twitter. Um, they can find me here at Collider, you know, yep. Colli- at Collider, at Collider video, my personal, um, Twitter is um, at Mark Fernandez 76, but it's really about supporting the channel, supporting the fans and what we do. And one thing I would like to uh, throw out there is Please. Um, I, I, I enjoy these sort of, um, you know, uh, sort of rule of two discussions that we have around Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I'd love to see what the fans think. Maybe uh, we do a little bit, you know, we do some more of those sort of Sith uh, throne room uh, type uh, type discussions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. I love that. Um, I want to echo everything too. My thoughts are with you, Schnepp. I love you, buddy. And uh, please follow at Holly K Payne on Twitter. You can get all the updates there. And thank you for joining us on Collider Jedi Council. The regular team will be back next week. You can follow me at Riley Around on Twitter and Instagram. And for you guys, may the force be with you always. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.